Lightworkers Unite is a podcast and social show hosted by intuitive women, lightworkers, and most importantly, friends, Mayuman Manjeet. Welcome to our podcast, where we believe there is a lightworker within all of us. Whether you are a medium, an educator, or a nuclear technologist, there's a lightworker within you, and we have work to do. This is a call to action. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Well, how are you today? Otherwise, we're having technical difficulties with our interwebs. This is so interesting. I don't understand it. Like, I, I cleared... Um, I'm I'm doing pretty good. That's my husband's birthday, so that's a good thing. We're gonna have sushi tonight. I'm, Yay! I mean, I'm gonna be like making <gasps> the I'm so excited. Ooh. All kinds of sounds. So yeah, and and it'll be a nice night just to be with family and just kind of we're always together. So that sounds stupid even saying that, but it's different. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's more, we're coming together in a more mindful way as opposed to more of a sporadic way. Am I still glitchy? No, it's actually pretty seamless right now. So I'm kind of excited about this. We've had to, we're, we're what, 30 minutes late getting started today because... 30 minutes and a day late. <laughs> and a day. <laughs> I know. We had some, it, it's almost like the universe right now is kind of saying, oh, take a break. Let's, you know, we're kind of dealing with life issues, family yeah. issues, right? Yeah. I know my mother-in-law just passed away. That's been a little bit heavy hearted, but very much so. Yeah. But, you know, it was, she was in hospice for quite some time. So uh, we've had time to kind of prepare. I know there's never really any good way to prepare, but um, she's out of pain. And, and so that's a blessing. So that's been a good thing. But yeah, life is just getting, or, you know, getting in the way of our podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so true the podcasting and you and I do make it a priority I think like we're pretty darn good with keeping up with it so yeah life issues not and of course and my deepest sympathy to William and you guys and the girls mm-hmm. and I know I got to see you guys and see William which was great and and I know that it was a beautiful transition for you all um, but still it's just having a loss is not you know, it's it's hard and just yeah. with not just the loss and the emotions that may or may not be tied with it, but just the all the details that go into death and dying. We don't really think about and there's a lot of stuff that has to be handled and dealt with. So I'm so sorry. And I know that's what's going on with you guys. Oh, my heart hurts. But yeah, that between, yes, of course. I just want to bless her sweet soul. Yeah. But I also uh, want to acknowledge you guys for being so strong and moving forward. And and the girls seem really good. It's, you know, you guys are just so great. Oh, well, yeah, like I said, that I think the hospice um, team was really great. And, you know, we had like, you know, six, seven months of just really connecting with her. And, you know, the girls would go over and sit with her. And, you know, so uh, so their grandfather could go out for a little while. So they created a real connection with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, near the end, it was really lovely. They, they could say goodbye. And so there's something about that closure that you know, was, was really, is, is powerful and, and, and seeing her in pain, of course, you know, it's so knowing that there's, there's no more pain for her. Mm-hmm. And she was a 
very religious woman, very like born again, Christian, very, very connected to, to Jesus, you know, was very, very strong in her faith. And, um, so I just feel like that transition for her was welcome. She was ready and, and she knew she'd be with her, her, this, you know, her savior. And, um, and, and so there's something really powerful about that, you know, and, and I know our, our talk today is about spiritual leaders, you know, right. And we wanted to talk a little bit about Jesus and Buddha and Guru Nanak, which is one of my, in my faith. And, and of course, Martin Luther King, who is, um, a spiritual warrior, you know, as well of our time. So interesting how that segued into that, huh? Interesting how that did. Yes. Yes. So today is our, our talk about honoring um, spiritual leaders and what they do for us and how we feel about them and, and maybe just uh, jumping into that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that we, when we were picking out topics for this new year and the upcoming months and weeks, we did want to honor Martin Luther King Jr. because of the day yesterday. And that kind of brought on the whole spiritual leaders and acknowledging them. And I do think that they all are divine and here for a reason, right? I mean, they came, they're on this earth, they walked the planet, they touched lives, they left beautiful words and quotes and lessons for us. And I, I think they should be honored and acknowledged. I really resonate with some more than others and some I don't even know about, right? Or know enough about and really yeah. learn. Um, but I do want to say it wasn't the one that I posted actually on social media because that one for some reason really resonated with me yesterday. And I wanted to, I, I don't know why, I really loved it. Another one that we hear all the time is, um, and I'm going to say it, <clears throat> I just love this one. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. He was a poet, and and I feel like his words, I wonder too, Manjeet, if his words were also like being channeled by mm. divine, by his guides, by source. Were they helping him with his words? Because you look at all the different quotes um, that he has, it is so profound and still resonates today, and especially recently with the year that we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I posted, um, well, my, my brilliant marketing director, Melinda, she posted this on, you know, on my, um, infinite balance life coaching on Facebook. It says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I just love I just love that. And as a coach, you know, that is one of the big things that um, I really resonate with, with as folks are really embarking on change, you know, like maybe breaking old patterns of behavior that don't serve them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it, it's just these baby steps, bite-sized pieces that bring you closer to where you want to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just feels so... Um, yeah, so applicable that, um, especially in today's climate where race is, you know, at the forefront of our society, mm-hmm. you know, we're really in some big discussion about race and, um, I mean, this domestic terrorism really that is, is happening. Yeah. And, wow. and supremacy and yeah, it, it's, it's just Martin Luther King. It's just a badass. 
badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. And and I love how how you know Martin Luther King Jr. He's very particular. He says um, you have to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not just about moving, right? It's about direction. It's about evolution. You know mm-hmm. that I I just that that forward movement just really struck me as um, just really powerful. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Oh my God. Oh my God. How about that? I agree. <laughs> I know it's like kind of hard to disagree with like, you know, like this beautiful spiritual man that. Oh, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I would have loved to have met him. I know that wouldn't have been possible. You know, I was very young, but I think about like what it would have been like to be in his presence. I'm wondering what that felt like, his energy, what vibration do you think he you know, what frequency did he vibrate at? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of spiritual leaders, you know, in our life history, you know, probably have that charisma, right? It's that really super high vibration of connection and love. And one of the things that I really, um, I mean, you know, some people you're just attracted to, right? You just, it's like, you just are really attracted to that kind of frequency and energy and that charisma. And I really believe that these are people that are, um, really connecting to like the fourth dimension, you know, which is all about love and unconditional love and just owning your power and breaking boundaries, you know? So these, I really feel that like these spiritual warriors, these spiritual leaders, they weren't really on this plane. They were resonating in that fourth dimension where they are just saying, you know what? It's time to knock off our shit, get get it together. We're all one, you know, let's do this, you yeah. know? Yes, I do. I love that. I think you're absolutely right where we need these leaders. And look what happens when we don't have a strong leader. <laughs> we need someone as a role model who can lead us, uh, whether it's with words or with actions or with this, the knowing strength of their confidence and belief in us as a people, right? I just feel like we, I work better if I know the person that I'm working with believes in me, right? Isn't leading me and saying, come on, follow me. I know more than you. It's much, they lift me up. And I think that's what good leaders do. They they lift you up. They believe in you and they, they spread their knowledge and their love because we are all one and it's, we need these guides. And I've, I always wonder too, did God, did source, did the universe, place strategically these beautiful spiritual leaders in our world at the right moment at the right time and maybe they the other side the the ones that aren't well let's say how do I say the dark leaders of the world that were here to teach us lessons right of the uh well I guess you can't have light if there isn't darkness so I always I I I don't like that. I love to just want, I just want to be in the light at all times. But unfortunately, it wouldn't exist if there wasn't darkness. Yeah, yeah, I think that is true. I think that's part of like our spiritual growth as a, as a community, as a, as a, as like, you know, as womankind, (laughs) mankind, womankind. It, It is really like, you know, how do we know that we are enlightened if we don't see the darkness? Yes. Right. And I know that's, I think that's one of the, a big 
um, it, it is very reminiscent to the quote that you had said earlier, you know, about light and darkness with Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, yeah. I just love the lessons that I think that these beautiful beings left behind and that really resonate even with our children. It resonated with me when I was younger. And then to have my children reading the same quotes and learning about the same man. And you know, it'll be their children. So our grandchildren will also be acknowledging this man. Like it will never stop. And, then, and so all these spiritual leaders that have affected us and that was part of our evolve, evolving, evolvement, evolving. Evolution? I think evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard, I know. I was like, uh... <laughs> I do that too. It's like, I can't word today. I just can't word. Like, what is that word? Yeah. Evolvement. Evolution. (laughs) Yes. It is interesting to me, the placement of these leaders, good and bad. And that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, right? The dark ones. Like, they're there too. The ones that we don't really want to honor. But guess what? It's part of our history. And it is, they are reasons why we say we will never, ever do that again. Right? Mm-hmm. This is how we learn things. Um, I'm sorry that I've, if I seem distracted, but I'm looking at my phone of some quotes from Albert Einstein. Because I think that motherfucker was an alien. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He really was so profoundly connected. 100%. And I I think there was... wasn't there like a, a dream he had? I think he talks about, I I have to, I could be totally fucking wrong with this, but I, I seem to remember that he had these dreams where he would wake up and um, not unlike Leonardo da Vinci, you know, they would have these really vivid dreams where they would wake up and be like, holy shit, this is, this is how we fix that or solve that, or let me draw this or let me, you know, there was that divine inspiration, you know? So yeah, I don't think that they were, they were from here. I think they were just tapping into like, yeah. Or being, or having things downloaded. Yeah. Sure. Right. And maybe with, I was like, or was it their future self that was like, Hey, Hey, listen to this. Oh, I (laughs) love what you have to do. And if you don't, the world's going to end. Right. So (laughs) I always, I love the thought of, huh? I wonder if their future selves, was it a being from the future? Was it a being from somewhere else? Was it God? Was it source? Was it uh, an angel? Something saying you are meant to be this person. You are meant to do this and let's help you out by downloading some vision, some words, some channeling, some ideas, some pictures, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. And of course, they are still brilliant and they should absolutely take all the credit. But I feel like they were probably getting downloads. I really want to say this quote from Albert Einstein, just because I think it's kind of dreamy. I like it. It's really simple. Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. Mm. I love that. I just think it's sweet and magical and yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's so beautiful, right? And I, I think that's the one thing that I um I've really talking and, and and reading about you know these spiritual leaders. That's really one thing that seems to be very prevalent is they are they're poets, you know, like people write songs based on what they're saying, like they're songwriters, like they, and their words are, they're, I mean, metaphoric, you know, a lot of it. And they're just, they're just 
poets, these brilliant poems, you know, and it's, I mean, even like Nanak, which is like uh, the, our guru for Sikhism, which is what I grew up in, uh, which is like an offshoot of Hinduism. And mm-hmm. his, his whole, all, everything that he's ever like written, it, it, it writes like a story. Like he's a storyteller and they actually describe him as spiritual leader slash poet. Mm. <laughs> like, so isn't that interesting that they're, they all have that? It says here, this is a quote from Guru Nanak. He says, thou has a thousand eyes and yet not one eye. Thou host a thousand forms and yet not one form. Mm. Right? So I know. It, it's so like so ethereal and like esoteric right we take ourselves so seriously in this in this form in this body when you know we we have work to do but you know our form is endless i just feel it just is so freeing reading that kind of stuff isn't it yeah that's a great way to put it it's very freeing it's well i think when we hear certain words especially if it resonates with our heart and there's a connection, it's almost like done on purpose when we have these quotes that are now written in word and somewhere, and now we read it and we absorb it and we learn it. It it just kind of tingles and touches upon parts of us that connect with the words. Like it feels good. That makes sense to me. Yes, I love that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow you everywhere you go. (laughs) You know, those leaders just like, yes, yes. And of course, not to get into the, the darker side, but look at all those dark leaders like Hitler, who their words were poetic and magical to their followers, where those followers were like, yes, that feels good. Yes, I resonate with that. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. I mean, what the hell, right? That's what's crazy is that we have those two sides, the light and the dark. And I know this show isn't about the light and the dark. It's about spiritual leaders. But I tend to believe as we're talking about this and it's just kind of coming to the forefront that spiritual leaders does unfortunately encompass all of them, all good and bad, right? Yeah, I think you're you're totally right. And what it what it really says to me, like when when we are talking about spiritual leaders, it's really a call to action for every single person in the world, right? To say, who do I want to follow? Like who resonates with what I believe to be true? You know, and, and it's really um, I think it's it's easy if it's easy to follow blindly. If you don't do the work yourself, mm-hmm. you, if you don't ask, and I, this is what I love about being a fucking coach, right? It's like you challenge people every day to say, what is your truth? What is your, what is, you know, where do you want to live? What is your frequency? How do you want to live your life? And then you can decide, oh, wow, these people resonate in my frequency, you know, and you go there. But, but for people that don't do that work, they're lost. They're, they don't know who they are. They just say, wow, that sounds good. And there's 50 other people here. Fuck God. Yeah, let's do that. You know? And, and they're, so they're not there. It's like this, you know, that's what I, I mean about a call to action. It's like doing that work for yourself, finding out where does my heart fit? You know, whose words ring true to me? Maybe it is Buddha. You may never have seen anything about Buddha in your life, but when you read some of that stuff, it's oh. like, holy cow. Right? Uh, yeah. I just think that I, I, I hear you when, when you say, lot, you know, there's people that you, you know, negative people that you can follow. And then there's the light, there's the positive. Mm-hmm. And it really is up to you to do that work, you know, mm-hmm. not blindly just follow crowd. Right. Right. I know that we have leaders and followers and <clears throat> I, I 
tend to want to hope that anyone that's a follower can look within themselves and really make those choices and decisions for themselves on their own and not just look to, oh, um, I think I'll just, like you said, do what the majority does. So I'll just kind of follow along that. That seems to work for me because I like those guys. They dress cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, and it it, it is um, not really doing yourself. Uh, I think it's doing yourself the biggest disservice. And you know, from what I can, what I've gathered in my like limited um, lifetime, because I'm so young, um, <laughs> just looking at different spiritual leaders, um, the the a lot of the ones that I really resonate with are the ones that that are are saying to people, you know, listen, listen to yourself, listen to your truth, and then let that be the light. You know, these spiritual leaders are out there and they're saying, you know, he, you know, do good in the world, feed the hungry, you know, do all this great shit. But then it's people who have to do that work and say, oh, this is really important to me. Like this resonates with me, you know, and I am capable of, of being in service to others, you know? So those are the spiritual leaders that I'm most gravitated to. I think are the ones that are saying, I'm not here to like do everything for you. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) You know, you got to do your work. That's right. Right. And that is actually along the lines of being a leader and a coach like you are, you're not coaching people in hopes that they'll continue over and over to come back. Everything that they are trying to learn. Okay. Okay. Great. I've learned that. And now, now what's next? And that they're constantly, you're hoping to give them tools so the next challenge that arises, they have what they need to do it themselves. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 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 And speaking of Jesus and Buddha, that those are the two badasses I grew up in my household. So both my dad, the uh, small Snohomish country bumpkin you know, fisherman, hunterman grew up. I think it was a first Baptist church that he talked about going to. And I still have his Bible, I think, on my nightstand or somewhere that he referenced and talked about Jesus. We didn't go to church. He it just was something that he never said that we needed. He said, as long as you have a, a personal good relationship with your faith. And it wasn't like we had to believe in Jesus. It was kind of a matter of fact, like, hey, this this man and this is his story. This is he existed and this is what happened and, and this is what he did for us and this is how I grew up. And when you are older, you can choose for yourself which faith resonates with you. And then there's the Vietnamese crazy Asian lady that brought Buddha into our house as well. And she always had this beautiful, uh, it was actually a tapestry when I think about it, along with a painting on a shelf always with incense and always with uh, fruit, specifically oranges and apples, you know. So, and I used to listen to her pray to Buddha every day before she left for work, things she did, and for other people. And while we're talking about this, I have to tell you this crazy story. I don't even know if you know this, Manj, but the day my dad died, my mom prayed. Uh, So she prayed once in the morning that day, and then she prayed again after the officers came to the house. They first came to the house just asking questions about, uh, is this your husband? I mean, is your husband Dan Varnell? Is, this, is he the owner of a blue four? Blah, blah, blah. And and she was like, what's going on? And they said, well, I'm so sorry, but we don't have any, we don't have much information. We're going to get more and we'll come back. 
Oh, wow. Can you imagine that fucking stress? And so that's where she lit another incense and incense and, and started to pray again. Those two from that day, there's a picture of it somewhere. I got to find it and I'll post it. Those two incense never made it all the way down. They stopped at the exact same point. And they're probably about, I think it was about four inches above all the rest. The same two that she prayed for him um, that day. Isn't that funny? I mean, one in the morning and then again. And so it was like she looked at that as that was a sign something bad was happening that day. It's crazy. There's a picture I have it because we couldn't believe it. Like, look at the two. Anyway. Do you believe that? Do you believe that it was, you know, the like a foreboding of like something was not right? Preparing her? Something was not right. Oh. Yeah. The de- yeah, preparing her. The divine. It was. It, it was. It was. A, it was very symbolic, I feel. Very symbolic for something not being a, a typical day. It was not a typical day. Everything else. All the other ones were burned to the same point and those two stood out so far it was just really crazy but knowing that she prayed to buddha and we didn't learn much about it cuz she doesn't have a huge knowledge she just was raised and so if you ask her about the religion she doesn't have much education behind it but she just knows that's who she prays to and she feels comfortable and so i i wanted to learn more and of course, then I learned more about Christianity. So I think the blend of both just, just feels good. I love that. You know, when you talked about the um, the incense, what kind of came to mind was also um, a shortening of life, right? Like it wasn't allowed to complete, you know, like all of the other incense were allowed to go to the bottom. They were allowed to end, you know. Have and so full, have a full life. Yeah. You know, cut short. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I just, yeah, that's, oh, so powerful. Well, yeah. And so I will always have this memory of looking. So we grew up in a seventies split level. <clears throat> and so when you walk into the house, you know, at split level, you can either go downstairs or upstairs that little um, uh, entryway, I can't think of the word now, that place, so there's there's a little wall that you see, and to that wall was the shelf. So immediately when you walked in, was the first thing you would see is the shelf with Buddha. And it's just ingrained in my head of that space. It was just always there, and it was kind of always a nice feeling of anchoring and um, of faith and just like he, he was watching over us in the house. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, what a, you know, it, it's interesting, right? In our deepest and darkest pain and frustration or or even as a ritual every day, like your mom would do that prayer, that connection to these spiritual leaders, you know, that like what a, you know, a powerful ritual to bring peace and comfort, right? I know when I was having my surgery, um, and I was in recovery and it was pretty intense uh, recovery. I was kind of in and out of consciousness for a while because it was pretty painful. And I remember my mom sitting in the rocking chair next to me. I'd look over and I'd fall asleep and she'd be praying. So she'd be praying in Punjabi, you know, and I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and then she'd be sleeping in the chair with her Bible open, <laughs> you know. And so she was praying over me. 
you know, trying like just making sure like, oh, yes. you know, like let her heal and mm. I just, you know, bringing peace. And I don't understand the prayer because it's in a very old in, in Punjab. I'm fluent in Punjabi, but I don't speak that Punjabi. It's very old, mm. old like an old language. That's so right. interesting to me. I love that. So when, when she's praying, I don't know what she's saying. And I can pray the first two or three chapters, but I don't know what they mean. I mean, I've never, I mean, I, I, I've kind of figured out now as a grown up, but I would just say them like, like, I know it all, but I don't know what they mean, but I know right. it makes me feel better. <laughs> I love that. Well, yes, right? Because you know, you're saying some very powerful words, but yeah, maybe the translation isn't yeah. there word for word. Frere Jaca, Frere Jaca. <laughs> yeah, like my lullaby, you know? Like I remember like sometimes being really scared. Like like if I get really freaked out about something, like, oh, like there's somebody behind me, I will I will belt it out. Like I don't, it don't, it doesn't even like, it's not even like a, a it's a right. complete automatic. The same. <laughs> I do the same with the you really? prayer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm when curious I'm, about our audience. What do they say? Yeah. That's so interesting. And it's so funny because I remember asking my dad to teach me the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We didn't go to church. Um, I think I went to a vacation Bible camp with uh, my one of my childhood besties, and and they were doing it there and talking about it. So I asked him, and he wrote it down. He like he knew it by heart, and he wrote it down on a piece of paper. And I I think I have it somewhere. <clears throat> and I used to take it before bed. I folded it up and put it under my pillow. But I would read it every night because I was determined to memorize it. And that's what I use when every time one of those fucking dark spirits are at the end of my bed that I don't like. And I say, get the fuck out. And then I do the Lord's Prayer. Like, yeah, I just hone in immediately. So funny that we have those things. Like, it's. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Yeah. Like, just, you know, our listeners, you know, what is your go to? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious if, if that's, if, if other people have that. So I'm sure they do. It's a comfort thing. It's a, it's, you know, what we call an automatic stress response. You know, it's like you're in fear mode. Like, what do you do to like get yourself out of it? Like, but I'd be curious, you know, what, what is the mantra that wants to come out during our, our, our most, uh, stressful times. Other than fuck you, get out. Um, (laughs) yes, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) If it's a scary demon kind of situation, like, like we talked about in our, um, ghost episode down below, (laughs) uh, you, you were an alien. Jeez Louise. I know we crack ourselves up, but, but I'm bummed. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are talking about spiritual leaders. But yes, those, uh, I love that you have that little prayer. And I, I really found it so beautiful the way that was coming off of your tongue there. <laughs> I, I It was so beautiful because I wish I should speak Vietnamese. I mean, I was born in Vietnam. My mother should have taught me Vietnamese, but I don't. I don't know it. She really was fearful of uh, the Vietnam War, you know, moving here in in 71, I think, I, or 72. And so he, she was just, no, no, no. You, She wanted me to speak English, be American, not get picked on, and no worries. And she was even struggling, trying to learn the, the language as well. But I think how beautiful it would have been if I knew the prayer that she said to Buddha. Like, I would love to take that on and, and say that. Well, it's never too late. Never too late. (laughs) 
to learn. Yeah, you're making yeah. think about it, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the one thing I really do, uh, well, for me, I know we were my, you know, where we immigrated from England as well. Um, so like you were Vietnam, but both my parents are Indian, but they were in England when they had um, the four of us kids. So we immigrated to Canada and... Um, and this is in the in the seventies as well. And so, as an immigrant, one of the most important things that we were taught, you know, was integration. Integrate. You integrate. Integrate. And you try not to look. You already look different. So don't be any more different. As my mother lathers my hair in mustard oil and braids. So I mean, uh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. it's like a you know that's what you know that's what we did we had you know this this, these big Indian locks you know but we had they were drenched in in oil because you know that's just what we did I mean and and looking now that I have two daughters with long ass hair I understand it was to get you know to keep it your hair healthy and also to deflect lice and bugs and and shit like in India you know so, I mean, it all kind of makes sense, but, um, you know, they're telling us to integrate, integrate, and then <laughs> we look pretty brown. Yep. yep. <laughs> Which is fine because that's all they knew. But yeah. language was the thing that always kept me connected to my culture, you know, that, and, and we lived also with my grandparents who were non-English speaking. So we spoke Punjabi at home. We spoke Indian, you know, with all the things that we were doing at home. But then as soon as we left the house, it was a whole different ball game. It was like we, we, we mimicked everybody's accents. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be just like them. You know, like my sister's like a linguist. You know, she speaks all kinds of languages. And it, it's because we were like, we don't want to sound different. Yeah. You know, so language was really, really my only big connector to my faith and my culture, you know, I mean, that and food, which that and food, I was just going to say the same thing, even though I don't speak the language, listening to my mom speak with her friends on the phone, or when they would come over, just that the sounds and it and you know, Vietnamese is a very throat centered, you know, (laughs) a sound and it's very hard to, you know, Oh, but it's it's just very fluctuated in the throat. That sound to me sounds like home when she speaks Vietnamese or when I go into a nail salon. Let's be real. When I go into a nail salon and hear the Vietnamese women talk, I'm like, oh, that's my language. Wow. That and food. It just makes me feel like home. Yeah, I really yeah. resonate with them. Yeah. Even though I don't know what the hell they're saying. Yeah, I, I I totally resonate. Yeah, I'll sit in the Gurdwara, which is the Sikh temple, and I don't know what the hell anybody's saying, but I'm listening and I'm and I'm I'm feeling it. It's and and they speak in in um in the Sikh temple when they do prayer. It's not like sing song. Yes, they sing it. They they read in like a this like cadence, and so whenever I hear that cadence, even I'm like catapulted to like, oh, are they speaking Punjabi? Like that that sounds like you know. <laughs> sounds like the like they're going in they're doing some spiritual talk Mm -hmm. but isn't that interesting um you know our spiritual leaders you know just to go back to our focus of of these pivotal people in our lifetimes you know and what was introduced to us as children right it becomes what we know and what we believe and what we find comfort in and so 
I can see why it's so important for parents to want some kind of religion in their children's lives. You know, we're both parents. So you agree? Yes. Like that's... Yes. Well, at least at least for my dad, and I really am thankful for his, I guess, his teachings or his belief system and that he didn't force us in the religion. You know, I mean, it wasn't like you have to go to church. You have to believe this. You have to pray this way. This is your belief. This is what we believe no matter what. It wasn't like that. It was very light and easy and kind of our choice. Now, I think I gravitated to it, maybe because I was the oldest and the only girl, and I was pretty close with my dad. So I'm wondering if I listened a little bit more and paid more attention, and then I was also more social, so that's why I got invited to go to different Sunday school and and vacation Bible camp and that more open. So I was curious where I can't speak for my brothers completely because they're not here, but they didn't really gravitate towards any of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even know if they believe in Jesus, to be honest with you. I think recently we, we talked about it and I think there might be, but not growing up, not using any belief, not practicing a faith, not even talking about it. It's just interesting. Wow. Yeah. Right. You know, so so my dad really just kind of left it up to us. And I know that my husband and I, John, we raised our girls Catholic or are raising our girls Catholic. He's um, a Catholic man. And and because I didn't really, what do you call it? Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Baptized? Well, not, yeah, not that, but I don't really claim a religion, I suppose. Yeah. So, because he was like, well, if you don't care, and I do, then let's do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's give them a beautiful foundation yeah. and a faith, something to believe in. And we still say this today, today we, that they don't have to stick with Catholicism as they get older. They can find what it is that resonates with them. But there is a caveat that they do have to have a, some sort of faith, mm. that there is a belief in something. I mean, we would like for that to continue. Mm, I love that. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think, uh, you know, what, what strikes me is, so, I mean, obviously I grew up Sikh, but, and I pray in Sikh, in, in Punjabi, (laughs) but my parents, I think I've told you this before, they were very, like, very spiritually liberal. I don't know what the right wording is, but they were, I mean, we would learn about Jehovah, we learned about Mormonism. We learned about Christianity. And because we grew up in Northern Alberta and there were lots of different people there. So we were one of just a handful of Indian people. Um, so we had a lot of different, you know, in, in, in our First Nations um, community that was there and their spiritual practices. So we were like, my dad would just like, sit and talk to us about all of the religions. And then I'd be like, well, so my friend is, a, is, is Jewish. What the, what is that? You know, so we would, we would have a big conversation about Judaism, you know, and talk about all of them. One of the things that really became very evident, you know, I think with that kind of an upbringing as a young person is how similar everything was to each other. Like I was yeah. like, these spiritual mm-hmm. leaders, they are seeing the same fucking thing. Like, <laughs> I was like, be good to your neighbor. Don't be a dick. Be nice. You know, <laughs> others. it's all based around love. Yeah. Don't like beat people up for no fucking reason. Like just really good, 
you know, good stuff that, but, but it was systemic. It just, it was like, you know, it really found, I mean, there were obviously there were, there was ritual, you know, with the different religions and stuff, but, but the essence of them, you know, these spiritual leaders were saying was just so, it just felt so, so simple and truthful and, and connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. I, I think that's, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jelly. I don't think that my dad had the bandwidth or the knowledge or the education. I mean, I know he didn't to probably teach us about that, but that's what education is for, right? That's what religion class is for. Um, And I was really grateful that our little school, Holy Family, little shout out to them in Kirkland where our girls uh, K through eight went, they did have religion. And yes, a lot of it was Catholicism because it's a Catholic school, but a lot of it was uh, about other religions and what do other people believe and I love that I think that's I think everyone should have that education about other religions and not have and then and figure out which one resonates with you if you want to have a religion or claim a religion I should say and some people think religion and spirituality must be separate and I think they go together beautifully. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that was that's kind of the my big takeaway too is exactly that. It's been like there's, and I think this is kind of how my parents kind of described it, or this is the way it, it manifested in my brain as a young person. <laughs> is um, you know all of these religions were different doors, and they all had their spiritual leaders, you know, and they all opened to one spiritual place where we're all connected. We're all one, right? We're all spiritual beings. And so it was kind of like, you know, their religion becomes a mechanism to be, to be spiritual, you know, but we also know, and we've seen this uh, all over the place. We see a lot of religious people that are not spiritual. Correct. They are not connecting to the, to the cosmic universe of, of like really doing the right moral fucking thing, you know? So crazy isn't it? Yeah. But then there's also a lot of people that are very highly spiritual. You know, they're connecting to to the universal consciousness, but they're void of religion. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't have like a, a like one religion that they, you know, well, adhere to. But like they, a, yeah, it's not the word faith, but it's it's not a right. It's not a direct correlation. Not that you have to, yeah. but there is something fundamentally grounding about religion a little bit. It, I don't know. Yeah. I'm speaking out of my ass. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, if it, it, I feel like it, it's good. Like religion is great because it gives us rules, yeah. <laughs> guidance, guidance. And accountability and community and like so many great things. you right. I mean, I agree. But, um, but I think it's uh, when we, when we use religion to judge others who, you know, other religions, right. Mm-hmm. Then I think that becomes a bit problematic because then you know we're we're putting us against other other you know other spiritual leaders. Yeah. You know when you know in reality, I don't know, ma'am. I'm just it's just all so connected. You know? We're all one. I really believe that yeah. you do too. And I love the door analogy, the doors that I can actually see that. I almost kind of want to paint that right now. <sighs> I just could see like the universe, right? Yeah. And the, the giant disco ball of lights um, that is, you know, source. And then all the lights that's coming through all these, the doors of all the many religions, but it all, when you open that door, it, we all come back to the same place. Place. That's really 
beautiful. Oh yeah. There um, it's, um, you know, and I mean, I don't know, like some religions might think that like what I just said was complete blasphemy and a bunch of bullshit, but, um, that is only the, the way <laughs> and that's okay. You know, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know, but I, I know that that is a belief that it allows me to be, um, embracing of other religions without judgment which is where I want to be. I don't want to judge other people's religions. It's not my place to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And if if, if your religion makes you a happy person and makes you good and in service of the world to, you know, oh my gosh, all the power to you. I'd like to speak to that because I I know a story. Um, Okay, where did I hear this story? It was, I think it was on the radio. Thank you. It was on Hay House Radio and I was listening to, and I don't even remember who the the teacher author was the speaker, but a phone call came in and it was a gentleman who was very spiritual and he felt that he really resonated with the talk of spirituality and um, the higher self and having, you know, manifesting things and vibrating at a higher frequency and light and love and living a life that way where his sister was a very strong and devout Catholic and she would judge him, and he would judge her. And what the speaker said, because she kept saying, you're going to go to hell. I can't believe that this is what you're doing, this woo-woo, you know, believe in all of this stuff. You, you're, you're way off. You're out of alignment. And he would say, I can't believe that you're so judgmental and that you believe that there's a devil that's going to come and, and bring me to hell. That's not going to happen. So they had this argument and it created friction, and he wanted help. And what he really wanted was the author, the speaker, to say, oh, yeah, no, you're correct, and she's wrong. (laughs) But she she didn't do that. She said, well, is your sister vibrating at her own frequency? Does she serve others? Is she a kind human being? Is she nice? Does she walk in the light with joy? Is she happy? Does she have abundance? And the thing is, that that religion for her filled her heart and she lived as a good person and and really did serve others and it fed her soul she found comfort in a belief and a faith that really resonated with her and her frequency and so he had to come to realize she's still vibrating at this frequency. It may not be in the same belief system or the same faith that I do, but I'm also over here. So if the two of them could just realize that, you know what, you're happy, I'm happy. We don't have to agree how we got there, but we're still really in the same place. Isn't that yeah. cool? I love that, right? Yeah, it, it really is. It, it's about, you know, frequency. You know, and I think if, if you think of like religion as a mechanism to create like for enlightenment, right? I mean, that that is like what isn't that what it's about? It's like religion has structure and 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 scripture and ritual and all kinds of stuff to help us become more enlightened. And yeah. so if you get there by being a Jehovah or you get there by being, you know, a Catholic or you get there by being a, a, a Muslim, you're there. You know, if you're impacting the world in a powerful and positive way. And treating others with love and kindness and not judging, I think then what's wrong with that? And I I, I agree with you. I just I just found that story so inspiring. And what it did is it allowed 
us to acknowledge the other person saying, you know what, he then could, he saw it. You could feel that shift in him. Like, ah, and it allowed him to be on the same plane as her. It just, it gave him permission to say, you know what, I know that you don't agree with me and I may not agree with you, but I still love you. And I think that you're a wonderful person. And, and cause he was also trying to change her mind and she's trying to change his, we don't have to, it allows us to not have to change each other's minds. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, um, that is what. I think spiritual leaders, you know, that's what they are hoping to do is just help people find their bridge to enlightenment and connection Mm -hmm. and reserve judgment, right. From other to others, like, you know, as long as you're, you're working towards, you know, the evolution of our consciousness and, and being a beacon of light and hope in the world, I mean, Come on. We had a situation like that. I remember growing up and we were having dinner and we had a, my sister actually had a friend over and she was a a Christian gal. And um, she was talking about Christianity and how she wanted us all to, to convert, you know, change um, our religion. And my dad said, um, (laughs) he said, I remember we're all sitting at the table and it was kind of a weird conversation, but I do remember my dad saying, so do you, you know, look at your friend there, look at, you know, my, you know, my sister, um, and, 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 and tell her that she's going to go to hell. Is she a good person? You know? And she's like, of course she's a good person. She's my best friend. Like we're, yeah. you know, we're solid. And so, you know, my dad was kind of saying like, well, tell her then, tell her she's going to go to hell. And she just broke down and started sobbing, you know, because she was just like in such contradiction. You know, that like they did not, those two pieces did not fit, you know, very similar to what you're saying. You like, there's this belief system that you have to do this and this and this, but she's already like, she's already a good person. And so how can you say you're a, you're a bad person, you're a good person and you're going to hell. It doesn't resonate. So it was, it was a really, it was one of my first, I mean, I was young and I just remember being in this, being on the, in the table and I felt so friggin' bad for her because she's sobbing, like just bawling, you know, and, and because she's just coming to like this huge epiphany. And my dad said, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, it's okay for you to have those belief systems, you know, but th- it's a big world out there and there's a lot of really good people, you know, and that's it. That's all he said. <laughs> we just kept eating and she was like, <laughs> you know, crying. And I just remember thinking, wow, holy shit. Beautiful. Yeah. That was really eye-opening for her and for, for me, like for all of us. We were like, what wow. a lesson. What a beautiful lesson right then and there. Yeah. Way to yeah. go, dad. I know. That's so crazy. Dads are the best. I swear they are. That's really cool. And I think that's, you know, let's look at your father is a spiritual leader. Oh, yeah. Right. If you think about, you know, what is the definition of a spiritual leader? And here we kind of start off talking about very famous leaders in our world. Um, But gosh, they're also right in our house. (laughs) People who are leading us and showing us the way and learning the lessons that they have learned from those that taught them. And, and I hope to be somewhat of that leader to like we're leading these listeners and touching people on your coaching and in my mediumship and and what we're doing with our girls so leading is so important and I just think as long as we 
are leading and coming from uh, the light and coming from a good place and being a good person and serving others and seeing and seeking happiness in others, which will bring us happiness. That's what I really believe. Um, I th- will be, we'll all be okay. If everyone can fucking just get on board with that. <laughs> girl. Yes. Preach girl. I love it. No, get on board. <laughs> and I, the only thing I would add to that, cause it was fucking brilliant is, um, is reserving judgment, you know, That's reserve true. judgment for others. Like, you know, if they like want to light a menorah, who fucking cares? Like, what? this is their, like, this is their their touchstone. This is what makes them connect to themselves to be enlightened. And when you're enlightened, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're helping the world, mm-hmm. you know, just by being a beacon, you know, and repelling evil and, and shit. Like it's, it's just a really, um, so yeah, reserving judgment of like what others believe, um, and, and just, and just seeing the beauty in, in all of us. Yeah. We, we amen, 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 amen. <laughs> amen. So thank you. What a great conversation. You know, one of the challenges, uh, you know, being a coach, I like to challenge people. <laughs> so one of the challenges that I had maybe, and for you, and I'm going to do this with my family too, is maybe research, you know, five different religions this week, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, just pick up a, you know, just, well, your computer. I was going to say an, an, a, a book or an encyclopedia, but we don't have those anymore. We don't have those anymore. <laughs> a Britannica's. No, we don't have those. We <laughs> just maybe you know, Google just like the top five religions that are um, calling to you that maybe you yeah. could learn a little something about. Like maybe what are their fundamentals and just kind of opening up, right? That 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 awareness around others and 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 removing some of that judgment. What do you think of that? Oh, I love it. I think I'm, I'm going to be doing that myself. I'm going to jump right on and do it. And I, I kind of want to dive a little deeper into Buddhism because it's always called out to me. And, and then when I visited Asia and going into those temples and listening to the monks chant, I mean, man, did my soul vibrate. So I, I, I kind of want to do this. And I, I'd love to come back and maybe have a follow-up show about what we learned about about other people's religions. I love that. Let's do that. Let's put it on the books, girl. Yeah. Maybe we could even invite a guest of of a different religion that we don't know about and they can teach us. Oh, I love it. That's an idea. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So we've got some great things coming up. First and foremost, before we end the show, we must talk about our upcoming workshop that we have the Ignite Your Chakras workshop. So it's uh, not just the workshop that's on February 2nd. We have morning and evening session. That's really kind of a a touch base, kind of get into what the chakra systems are and kind of giving you a little taste of, of learning about them, what's going on with your body. And then we have the intensive. Do you want to speak about that? Yeah, yeah. The intensive starts a couple weeks later. And I think it's on Tuesdays. Is that right? Like a subsequent Tuesdays for um, eight weeks. And every week we're going to deep dive into each one of the uh, chakra systems. So the first seven are deep dives into those first seven or the, those seven chakra systems. And then the last week is an integration um, session. So it's a really, really fun way to um, dive into how your how to make your chakras systems work for you. Yeah. 
Right. And kind of learning a little bit about what's going on in your life and how things, when a uh, chakra system or chakra itself is underactive or overactive and not working and what physical symptoms and emotional symptoms arise because of that and maybe taking steps to kind of change that so you can get more in alignment and get healthier and feeling good. So I think having one chakra an hour, I think is kind of magical. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited about those. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. The lower three chakras are pretty intense. I mean, I'm not going to lie. They're very, very intense uh, chakra systems. So we will be, my commitment, our commitment to you all is that we will be gentle and we will be you know, kind and thoughtful (laughs) as we ignite these lower chakras about feeling Mm -hmm. safe and opening our creativity and sexual energy, right? And our empowerment Mm -hmm. um, and and just kind of, those are really, really grounding, you know, um, chakra systems. So it's just a really powerful way to get ourselves into really aligned action in the world, don't you think? Yes, aligned action. I like that. Yeah, and this is going to um, encompass, we're going to have some meditation. We're going to listen to different frequencies and sounds to see what you repel or what you gravitate. Um, We will do some art therapy and some journaling. It's going to be badass, super fun. Yeah, Yeah. we can't wait to see you there. Can't wait to see you guys. Hope I see you. Yes, come on, guys. I love you so much, Mayu. Love you too, man. This was fun. It's always the best. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Yay! Love you. Namaste.